of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very good evening to you just after 6 o'clock on The Voice of the Cape, the 16th of August. Shukran so much for joining us in this edition of Questions and Answers. Let's welcome our um, individual that will be answering your questions, that being the resident imam um, at the Yusufiyah Masjid, and other than Sheikh Ibrahim West. Uh, shukran to Sheikh once again, and assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and to all our listeners of The Voice of the Cape. Continue with your SMSs on 4791. Three, uh, please note that we do appreciate your patience as we go through the backlog of questions, but do keep them coming on 47913. Let's get into it. Firstly, Sheikh, the first one is Salam. I want to know if a lady can read namaz in her gown whilst the husband leads the salah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd There is no objection of course for her to, lead, to, to read her salah in a gown as long as two requirements are met Number one, the aura must be covered properly right? So it must fulfill the aura that needs to be covered while you are in salah and that would be the entire body except the face and the hands and secondly, it must obviously be uh, free from any impurities, right? Uh, a gown normally is something that you shower in or that you wash in or whatever. There may be some impurities on it. And of course, that will render it null and void to make salah in it. If those two requirements are met, then there is nothing wrong to actually make salah in, in, in a gown standing behind your husband. However, the adab would obviously be to not make salah in a gown, but the adab would be to put in your best clothing that you have mm. because that is what you do when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah says in the Quran ya bani adam khudhu zinatakum inda kulli masjid o children of adam take your beautification towards every place of sujood meaning when you go into a state of sujood make sure that you beautify yourself because you are standing in front of your creator speaking to him etc ibn kathir rahimahullah in his tafsir of this ayah he says that what this means is he says yustahabbu tajammulu inda salah he says it is mustahab and it is recommended, highly recommended that a person beautifies him each time he makes salah, especially on the day of Jumu'ah and on the days of Eid. He should even try to put on some perfume. He should even try to uh, obviously use the siwak and clean his teeth when he stands and he makes salah and he recites Quran. These are all of the adab and the etiquette of making salah. Okay, and I, I usually make this particular comparison. If somebody very important comes to your home to visit you, you're not going to uh, welcome him in your gown, for example. I mean, you want uh, somebody, a very important member of the community, a high mm-hmm. class person, somebody in government or somebody in a very, very uh, prestigious company of your, your company that you work for. You will never, never, uh, you know, welcome him in your lounge having your gown on, but you will put on beautiful clothing to make a good impression. So similarly, when we stand in front of our Creator, we try our best to do that. Although, coming back to the actual question, let's say it was just that morning, it was quick, the time was short, and you had your gown on. It is allowed. It's not haram to do that. As long as I said it is clean, and as long as it covers the aura. Although the better adab and the better etiquette would be to put on the best clothing that you can put on for the purposes of salah, since it is a very intimate um, occasion where we are speaking and communicating with our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
شکران شیخ السلام علیکم اوی اللہ تو زیارت قبرستان ان رمضان آئی جسٹ وانٹ ٹو ایڈ وی اسٹل ڈو ہیو اے بیک لاک آف کوشچن دیٹ وی آر ڈیلنگ ود ود دیٹ کم ٹو دا منتھ آف رمضان سو دیٹس وائی دا رمضان کوشچن بٹ آئی ایم شیور ایوری بڈی کین ریپ ریوڈ فرام دا آنسر آف دس کوشچن ان شاء اللہ ایم لین فرام اٹ دیر از نو دیر از نو ریسٹرکشن ریسٹرکشن ایز فار ایز دس از کنسرن ود اٹس رمضان اور نوٹ رمضان دا پروفٹ علی صلاحت وسلام ہیڈ ریکمینڈڈ اس دیٹ وی وزٹ دا گریوز ایز مچ ایز وی کین سنس اٹ ول ریمائنڈ اس آف دا ایئر آفٹر The Prophet ﷺ says in a hadith that is narrated to us by uh, Burayda. He says, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ كُنْتُ نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْ زِيَارَةِ الْقُبُورِ أَلَا فَزُورُوهَا He says, I used to prohibit you from visiting the graves, but from now onwards, visit the graves. I now allow you to visit the graves. And in another riwayah of this hadith, another version, فَمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَزُورَ الْقُبُورِ فَلْيَزُرْ فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِّرُنَا بِالْآخِرَةِ And whoever wishes to visit the graves, let him do so, because it will certainly remind them of the year after. So here you can see the hadith that speak about visiting the graves. The reason behind it is so that we can think about death, we can think about what our state is, we can think about where we are going after death, etc. Uh, so it's a good reminder for us. And you will notice here that the hadith don't give any restriction with regards to time in Ramadan, out of Ramadan. There is no such restrictions. We should try to visit the graves as often as we can in order to be reminded of what we are here for in this earth, what our purposes are on the dunya, so that we can prepare for that moment when Malakul Maut comes and takes our ruh, and at least we will have reflected a lot on our position, and it will stir us on to do good deeds, so that we are in a, a state where we meet Allah Ta'ala, and He is satisfied with us. So coming back to the question, there is no at all restrictions, as far as I know, for a person to visit the graves, whether in Ramadan or whether outside of Ramadan. Shukran, Sheikh. Taking your SMSs on 47913. Salam, uh, husband and wife got talaq. Husband gave pre- presents before ma- marriage. Can he take the presents back now that they are talaq? No, he cannot take the presents back because whatever he had given to her as a gift, it becomes her uh, in, uh, under her ownership. And so she, she, she can do with it whatever she wants and he is not allowed to take it back. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ says, narrated to us by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي يعود في هبته كالكلب يرجع في قيئه and this is a very strange comparison which the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم is making here it's quite uh, frightening actually the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says that a person who gives a gift to someone and he actually takes that gift back the example of such a person is like a dog who would eat something and he would vomit up what he ate then he would actually eat his vomit afterwards. Uh, it's quite a horrific uh, kind of a frightful kind of a comparison which the Prophet is giving. It's like a dog who ate something, he then vomited that up, and then he ate the vomit again. So that is somebody who gives a gift, then he takes it back afterwards. So in this case, when it's husband and wife, we should not obviously take back what we are given. And especially at the time when there is divorce, for example, I always find it like very strange that when people live together for a number of years, and yes, maybe things didn't work out, etc. Why is it that the worst of them comes out now when they separate? Right? It shouldn't be. If, if it means that you must part ways and you cannot live with each other, then you should try to part in good ways. Try to at least harmoniously move away from each other and wish each other well. And this is in fact what the imam tells the person when he gets married in the masjid. He says to him that I'm marrying you now that you must have imsaqun bi ma'roofin aw tasrihun bi ihsan. 
What it means is you you must keep this wife of yours and stick to her and keep her together to keep her with you in righteousness if you are going to live together, and tasrihun bi ihsan if you are going to have to let her go either through divorce or through separation, then do that also with righteousness. Don't do it with hatred and with malice and with uh, spite and wanting to get back. We shouldn't act like that. Right? We should we should always think that this was at least my wife, you know, at least she's the mother of my children, for example. I should never have uh, that position, that state where I want to get back at her or spite her or stuff like that. It's very strange where people, uh, the worst comes out of them when there is divorce and stuff like that. And the hadith says here, you should not take back whatever you had given of gifts. It remains the property of the person that you had given it to. You can never take it back because uh, that will not be uh, at all allowed in Islam. Shukran Sheikh, with that, let's uh, pay the bills and when we come back, continue with your SMSs on 47913. Back in a moment. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum. A very good evening to you. Welcome to this edition of Questions and Answer Forum. I think we just like have three minutes to answer this question, Sheikh, but I just pushed it in because we have to break for Ramadan. Uh, uh, we have to break for Maghrib. <laughs> With me is Sheikh Ibrahim West, who are answering your questions. Quickly, Sheikh, this question is the Adhan that one gets on the Android apps goes off on some walks before our times on our calendar. What can one do? Shukran. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of uh, the local calendars, obviously it's much more safer yes. because it is designed by us and we know our circumstances better. The people that design these apps, they may not have all the correct data or they may not have exactly the, uh, you know, the regions, etc. Um, however, I do believe uh, that you can change these apps as well to suit your own needs, etc. I, I myself don't have too much knowledge about it. Uh, what could happen also sometimes is we find that the, the app actually goes off at the time when the calendar is also stating. But out of our custom, we don't make salah at that time. And the example of this is for Dhuhr salah, for example. Sometimes Dhuhr can come as early as 20 to 1, for mm. example. And the app would go off for the Dhuhr salah at that time. Mm. Because technically, you can make your Dhuhr salah. But so. out of our custom, we make Dhuhr at 1 o'clock, mm. for example. Mm. So that may also be an issue. But what I would say is if there's really a lot of confusion, then, then rather, if you're not sure, rather stick to the local calendars. Unless you can, of course, tune the apps. And I believe you can tune the apps according to the local calendars. Because there's a, n- a number of different options and methods also. So the way that they calculate these things, how I mean, also there's differences between the Shafi'i and Hanafi times mm. for certain salahs. For example, the Asr salah in the Hanafi madhab will be considerably later than the than the Shafi'is uh, for the same waqt. So you must mm. also look at that. I think when you do the app, there is maybe options as to what choose. which madhab you want to choose, and obviously you will choose at all times the Shafi'i madhab, and you will choose Cape Town as a region and see whether the correct information comes up. Otherwise, it would be best just to follow the local calendar so that you are not confused about uh, about these things. I'm glad Sheikh referred to the, the, that instance where actually the adhan goes off and you don't really stop to make salah because that often happens. You hear people's phones adhans go off, but they'll just continue. The reminders are there. So they need to actually uh, fulfill that um, that.
that reminder that they had intended to go off. So alhamdulillah. Just to give acknowledgement to a question that had come through from 97653. That is your number. Something about, you know, relations with your husband. Unfortunately, your, your SMS was not complete, so we won't be, uh, be able to answer your question. But inshallah, can do send another SMS with uh, your full question and Sheikh will, um, will answer that question. Right now, we need to break for the Waqt of Maghrib. And when we come back, we continue with your SMS on 47913. The Voice of the Cape. Pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back after our wakt of Maghrib. Uh, Shukran so much for being patient during this time of us answering your questions. We are still busy with the backlog, but do continue sending your SMSs. The program to stay tuned is between 6 and 7 um, on a Saturday evening. That is questions and answers where Sheikh Ibrahim was gives a detailed answer to your question, inshallah. Next question is, assalamu alaikum. I want to know if your husband wants to sleep with you. And it's after Fajr in the month of Ramadan. Um, can you sleep with him and make ghusl immediately afterwards? This is, once again, a question which is backlogged from the month of Ramadan. And inshallah, may it um, um, be a lesson and help all those, the answer rather, be a lesson and help all those that um, does have a question like that. So inshallah, Shaykh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. With regards to obviously uh, having relations with one spouse in the month of Ramadan after the other of Fajr, this is a big no-no. It's a big, it's haram. It, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be entertained at all. Uh, and of course, even the wife, if the husband is uh, asking her to do that, she should say no. She should refuse to do it because it's uh, being complicit in an act of haram, and she should try whatever she can to obviously uh, disallow him to do that. Um, uh, because also we'll see that the, 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 the penalty for such an act is obviously a, a very big uh, penalty and this is the worst form of violating the, the month of Ramadan is by having sexual relations with one's spouse during the day of Ramadan and of course the day starts at the Adhan of Fajr at the Adhan of Fajr so uh, the kafara or the penalty that must be paid for this is the freeing of a slave which obviously we don't have but the next one is if a person cannot he should fast for 60, 60 consecutive days which is a very difficult punishment, 60 consecutive days. That is the, the kafara or the penalty for someone who had had relations with his wife during the day of Ramadan, intentionally without you know, uh, having the knowledge about it and intentionally doing so, then he has to do it. If you cannot fast for 60 days, then you have to feed 60 people, 60 poor people. That will be the penalty, right? So the point here is that... Uh, 60 poor people with one meal. It could be 60 different people, each one with one meal, okay. or it can be one person 60 times over. doesn't matter. As long as 60 uh, poor people are fed or 60 meals are given to a poor person. Um, and, and this should obviously give us a good idea and impression of how uh, big the gravity is of this particular issue. So we should not be engaging in this. This is what Ramadan is supposed to be about, controlling our nafs, controlling our desire, working hard on uh, doing that which pleases Allah Ta'ala and going against our own egos and our whims and our fancies. And by doing that, Allah Ta'ala will give us a much greater reward and a greater uh, um, rewarding feeling within our hearts and contentment because of having that uh, uh, responsibility of carrying out our duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Inshallah. The next few questions again uh, relating to Ramadan, but it is our backlog, so we want to deal with it, inshallah. Um, Assalamu alaikum. We forgot to take medication and it's fajr. That's all the um, the question says. I think, Sheikh, if you are able yeah. to. I, take I suppose up, yeah. that this person obviously now needs to take the medication because otherwise they won't survive during the day. Yes. And if this is the case, of course, Allah Ta'ala does not put a burden onto somebody that is beyond his means. Mm-hmm. So if it means that you have to to take the medication you cannot do without it and you won't survive during the day then inshallah you take your medication and you will have to just pay in that day at a later stage and there is no fidya you don't have to give any fidya for that because you just for that day are unable to fast so you consider yourself as a sick person for that day unable to fast so after the month of Ramadan you simply pay in that day nothing else needs to be done if on the other hand let's say it's medication that you can't possibly do without Hmm. it's maybe something that you take in the morning but it's not really that necessary let's say multivitamins or it's now just a tonic that you are taking or something that uh, just to prevent maybe a possible scenario of pain that may come up and stuff like that which which didn't surface yet then in that case don't break your fast continue fasting up until that point where you feel the need to take the med- medication hmm. right um, that is a different uh, case in that case you fast without taking the medication and uh, you should not break your fast for 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 small reasons um, but rather only for, th- for something which is really really necessary so if it is chronic many times it's the chronic uh, sort of illnesses that needs medication hmm. such as sugar diabetes and cholesterol and these things and things can get quite out of hand if you do not take the medication so in that case if you forgot to take it before Fajr, unfortunately you will not be able to continue fasting if you've taken the medication so what you do is you take the medication and that day will just have to be paid in at a later stage, inshallah With that, let's take a short break and continue with the SMS's on 47913 Live from Cape Town This is the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. This is Questions and Answers. I'm Khawa Solomon. As per usual, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurs is with me and is answering your questions on the number SMS line 47913. Let's continue with our SMSs, Sheikh. Um, Assalamu my husband fasts with my kids till seven dalan and then breaks his fast. Also goes to his girlfriend during the month of Ramadan. Assalamu um, okay. Yeah, I don't know if, yeah, <laughs> obviously uh, you can't fast till seven dalan. I mean, you must fast till Maghrib. So, what uh, time is seven dalan? I think I'm, I don't I've know. Got no six, idea. seven o'clock. I've got no idea. I don't know if that is maybe what, what it means is he fasts, but he plays and he watches seven dalan. Maybe it's got nothing to do with breaking fast. He watches seven dalan while fasting and then break fast afterwards. As if he's not occupying his time with good things, but he's playing okay. all the time and watching TV. Mm. Hopefully that is what the question is. He doesn't break his, ta- his fast at the time when Sivan Dalan comes on. But rather he continues fasting, but he also mixes his fasting with watching TV and stuff like that, playing with the kids. Now, of course, uh, uh, that part of the question is uh, what we need to say is, yes, obviously we try to make the best of our time. We don't uh, waste our time in Ramadan with, with mundane things that will have no benefit to us. And uh, the Prophet ﷺ himself says that you must control your tongue, for example. And when you watch these things, I mean, they, you know, there's no control of anything. You know, what you see, what you hear, all of that, your senses are all active in being engaged in stuff that is not, that is not good for you while you're fasting. So you try not to engage in those things. 
However, the second part of the question for me is more worrying, saying that he goes to his girlfriend. Now, I don't quite understand. I mean, if he's married, uh, going why to does a he have a girlfriend? Stuff like that, and why still in Ramadan entertaining a girlfriend? This obviously is out of line. I mean, it's it's it cannot be acceptable. Uh, and obviously, uh, stern and strong advice needs to be given to him that this is not how a Muslim goes about doing things. I mean, you cannot worship Allah on the one side, on the one hand, and on the other hand, disregard his rules, you know, with regards to your modesty, with regards to your character and stuff like this. And uh, Allah Ta'ala is not in need of our fasting, that we must remember. We mm. don't fast because he needs it, but we fast because we need it. And that's why the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu actually says a person who doesn't leave off all these unnecessary things and mundane things and things that are of vulgarity or things that are, uh, you know, bad or evil. Uh, Allah Ta'ala is not in need for you to leave off your food and your drink. Okay. Uh, and it's sad that some people, they are fasting, but their fasting is merely staying away from food and drink. That is what their fasting is about. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's nothing. There's no spiritual development. There's no closeness to Allah. There's no change in attitude. There's no. So these are things that we need to ask ourselves very carefully. You know, is this what I want out of my fasting? Is this what I want to achieve? Hmm. And this person having to, you know, see other people and uh, not uh, proper relationships in Ramadan. Obviously, this is the month in which it is easy for you to get rid of those things. Because Allah gives you that spiritual mind and spiritual heart and shaitan is shackled and he's not able to have a big influence over you. All those opportunities are there and Allah is prepared to forgive you if you had made sin in the past and stuff like that. Allah is prepared definitely to overlook those shortcomings. But you must obviously show your willingness also to come to the party and show to Allah that you are also willing to change your life. We make dua that Allah Ta'ala protect all of us inshallah and our children and our spouses that Allah protect all of them from all the evil that is out there and give us hidayah to always worship him and always carry out our deen to the best of our abilities. Shukran, Sheikh, uh, for that question. Let's continue with our, our questions on 47913. Salam, can you inherit from your father if you are an illegitimate son? The only way that an illegitimate son can inherit from his father is via the institute of what is called wasiyah. Wasiyah basically is a bequest which the testator makes out to any person who is not normally an heir. So uh, you can make out a third, up to one third of your estate for a masjid, for a hospital, uh, for a friend, even if it's non-Muslim, for a neighbor, for any person for that matter, you can make out up unto up until one third of your estate. And since uh, an illegitimate child will not inherit from his father, the father is able to make out a wasiyah to him of one third of his estate or less, and that would be totally in place. But of course, he has to stipulate this uh, in his will strictly, has to put it in words with in front of witnesses so that there is no confusion at the later stage as to the status of this illegitimate child. But clearly, this child will not be able to inherit the normal shares that are inherited by by ordinary the other children. But he will be able to get, like I said, up until one third of the estate, which is called a wasiyah. Sheikh, can I see a psychologist during Ramadan? I am worried about talking about sensitive issues. Yeah, what I would say is if it is not necessary for you to see him during Ramadan and you can possibly wait until after Ramadan, then rather postpone it until after Ramadan, especially if you know you're going to talk about things that is going to upset you or that is going to affect your state of ibadah or worship or your frame of mind, then rather don't uh, do it during the month of Ramadan. However, if it's very urgent that you need to see the psychologist or you, you feel very uncomfortable or you feel very unstable, then obviously that takes precedence over everything else where you need to see the doctors 
and you need to see the specialists. Uh, so basically, the answer would be if there's no necessity, no necessity for it, don't do it. Because you don't want to spoil your Ramadan and your fasting with anything that is unnecessary or that is going to um, impede on you or that is going to cause obstacles for you to progress spiritually during this month. However, if there is a necessity and your your health is at stake or your state of mind is at stake, then please do go and see him, even if it's going to be uncomfortable, because obviously you need to look after your health and your well-being as well. So you will have to judge which one it is, whether there is a need for it or or not. Shukran, Sheikh. More of your questions answered after this short break. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Serial. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the last segment in this insert of questions and answers on your Saturday evening. We'll be with you right up until 7 o'clock, inshallah. Uh, with me once again is Sheikh Ibrahim was answering your questions on 47913. Sheikh, the next question is also relating uh, to Ramadan. I have too much saliva and phlegm. Can I swallow in the fast? Yeah, you may you, you may you may swallow if you are un- unable to spit it out. Mm. Right? What you should do see is if it is uh, just saliva in your mouth that you swallow. That's natural. That you swallow all the saliva, time. Saliva, yeah. Saliva. But if it is phlegm that you brings up from your that you bring up from your chest, etc., then you you should spit it out if you are able to. Mm. Right? But if it's uncontrollable and you're not able to spit it out and you happen to swallow it, then it's fine. I mean, there's there's nothing that is anything that is beyond your control. There's no problem. Okay. As for normal saliva in your mouth, there's no problem that you swallow all the time as a natural f- form of moisturizing your your mouth. It's Etc. So there is there is no problem. So we make a distinction between the two. The phlegm is something obviously that comes from the inside, and you need to obviously spit it out if you are able to. If you are not able to, then that is also acceptable. Shukran Sheikh. This is my first year that I'm experiencing bleeding gums. It only bleeds for about three seconds, and not every day. Um, not every day would would bleed for one day, and then after three days, and so on. Does this nullify my fast? And am I using um, a miswalk toothpaste and tablets, but still bleeds. <laughs> yeah, again, I, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, just as far as you can, try to rinse your mouth and spit out if there is blood in your mouth. As far as you can, you, you, you do that. And do not worry too much afterwards. If you've, if you, if you've rinsed your mouth and you're fairly comfortable that there's no more blood uh, on your gums, etc., Khalas, that is finished. You don't have to worry further than that. Uh, again, Allah says, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. Allah Ta'ala does not place a burden on you that is above your means. So you will know bet- better uh, whether uh, the condition is whatever it is. Uh, so the best that you do is try to, to the best you can, contain the situation. Hmm. And over and beyond that, do not worry. Because Allah Ta'ala won't put a burden for you that is so difficult, that makes it so uncomfortable. So just try your best. And inshallah, that is all that is required. Salam Sheikh, my sister is forever bad mouthing others. I tell her not to do it. She says it's not wrong. 
course, uh, bad-mouthing in the sense of uh, talking behind someone's back and speaking ill about him is definitely wrong. It's definitely one of the uh, major things which Islam came to teach us about. Um, we should never try to uh, disregard other people's feelings in the absence and speak bad about them in the absence. And the example that the Quran gives is quite a very strong one, where Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hujarat, which is chapter 49, verse 12, where Allah Ta'ala says, لا يختب بعضكم بعضا. You should never backbite each other. Then Allah gives this example: أيحب أحدكم أن يأكل لحم أخيه ميتا فكرهتمه. Would any one of you like it if he was presented with a dead flesh of his brother? Would any one of you eat that? It says فكرهتمه. Allah says you will never, you will dislike it. So as if Allah is comparing the fact that if you are backbiting someone, you may as well have consumed his his meat or his his flesh. You may have, uh, it is as if you've consumed his dead flesh, which is a very horrible uh, thing to think about. So Allah Ta'ala wants to really make it uh, clear in our minds how bad it is to speak about someone in his absence. And remember, even if it is something that is true that you are mentioning about someone, but you know that that person will dislike it, then mm. that is still haram. It is still ghibah, it is still um, backbiting, and we shouldn't do it. Uh, and there was one occasion... Where uh, Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha She just said something about one of the other wives of the Prophet Sophia And she said every time Sophia I hear you speak so much about Sophia Sophia You know and then she said as if she was uh, giving some impression That Sophia was a very short person So as if she was giving that to the Prophet you Every time I speak to her and she's very short And the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said to Sayyidah Aisha لَقَدْ كُلْتِ كَلِمَةً لَوْ مُزِجَتْ بِمَاءِ الْبَحْرِ لَمَزَجَتْهُ Said to her that the small word that you said now, you said something about Sophia in her absence. And if this was to be mixed with the water of the ocean, then this word of yours would contaminate the whole ocean because of what you've said. Because you're taking on somebody's honor. You know, somebody's integrity in his absence, which is totally haram, which should not be. And that is why our our uh, integrity must always be in place. We should try our best not to speak about people in their absence. And uh, if we have a problem with someone, we should obviously go and uh, address the issue with the person directly and not cause uh, any further ill feelings or enmity or animosity. So definitely you should advise your sister and continue to advise your sister that what she is doing is wrong. She should not be backbiting people and bad-mouthing people. And just remember, while you are backbiting someone, just remember someone else may be backbiting you as well. And you would never like it. You'd never be satisfied if somebody speaks to you or about you in that manner. So do not do it to other people as well. Rather, speak good about people or keep quiet. If you don't like the person, don't say anything. <laughs> Just keep quiet. That is the best remedy. Don't say anything about him. Keep silent. In that way, you are safe. And you are not going to, obviously, uh, spoil your tongue with things which Allah is not pleased with. Uh, answering your SMSs on 47913. Salam, Sheikh. When my wife was pregnant last year during Ramadan and fasted those days in again when she ate, does she also have to pay fidya for the day she missed? Yeah, it would, it would entirely depend on why she didn't fast. If she didn't fast on account of the health of a baby, and this normally happens at the first uh, stage of pregnancy, in the first trimester. Mm. So the doctor advises her that you shouldn't be fasting because it will harm the fetus. 
In such a case, she will have to pay in those days and she will have to give a fidya for each day that she didn't fast. But if it is that she's not fasting on account of her own health, and this normally happens towards the end of the pregnancy, the last trimester, the doctor will say to her, look, if you, don't fa- if you fast and you don't eat, most probably the baby will survive. Hmm. But you will upset your own health because your sugar levels and your blood pressure, everything goes up, everything is abnormal. So if you don't eat on top of that, it will maybe worsen your own condition. Then in such a case, if she is not fasting on account of her own health, then she merely has to pay in those days. She doesn't have to give a fidya uh, together with that. The fidya is only applicable if she is not fasting because of the health of the fetus or the health of the baby. Okay, If it's for her own health, then it's as if she's a sick person. A sick person only needs to pay in the days and not necessarily necessarily give a fidya for those days missed. Shukran, Sheikh, I think we'll have to leave um, those SMSs there for now. We do have still lots to do, but Shukran, um, for those that have sent the SMSs, we do have a long list of uh, questions and we will get to it in good time, inshallah. Jazakallah khair to you, Sheikh, once again, and we'll see Sheikh next week, Saturday again, inshallah. Shukran, Jazilan, and uh, may you go well, inshallah, until we meet. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And from myself, Hawassalun, be safe wherever you are. Switch on those headlights, buckle up, and take us wherever you go. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening.